to another episode of Radio Oedipus, the podcast where we discuss the culture of beer. And I'm your host, Danny Walker. On today's show, I was joined by Sander Nadevane, the co-founder and head brewer here at Oedipus Brewing, and our guest was Simon Fokima, the owner of Amsterdam's most well-known beer cafe, Brooklyn Carl in the Wildermann. Together, we talk about a new beer from Opera Brewery. I also chat to Sam Parkinson about what's in his fridge, and then at the end, there's the quiz. Those of you that have been following the show will now notice that we've got some lovely music, which has been provided by Ola Eye Music. And also now you should be able to follow us on all major podcast sites. So like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you like to listen to your podcast. But for now, please enjoy the show. Well, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Sander. It's good to have you here with me again. Yeah, happy to be here. Nice. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Sander is the co-founder and head brewer of uh, Oedipus Brewing. I also have Simon Fokima. Yep. Yeah? Correct. Correct, yeah. My pronunciation has not been very good, so I've been checking with the guys. (laughs) So So Simon uh, runs and now owns uh, Café de Wildemann, Amsterdam's Premier beer cafe, shall we call it? Yeah, I think, I think so. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, we're going to jump into a conversation with Simon in a, in a bit. But first, we would like to start off by reviewing a beer. And I've brought Opro's Ruch beer uh, for us to talk about today. One of their Barrel Age series. And it's their, if I'm correct, I think it's 2019. And it's their Blackberry one. Am yeah. I right? Cool. Oproer. Oproer's <laughs> Limited Barrel Series, Blackberry 2019. Cool. Didn't have it before. No. Are you, have you had uh, beers of theirs in general before? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you, Simon, have you had the, their beers at the Wildemann? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now and then. Now and then. Uh, it wasn't always on our regular beer card, but on, yeah. off, off and on. Yeah. We had it uh, or on tap or a bottle or special bottles and... Uh, yeah, actually, we know them quite quite well yeah. because also they started 2012, maybe earlier. Now nah, Roy Dop, eh? Yeah, Roy, Roy Dop. Dop was um, 2010, even earlier. Actually, yeah. they just started before us. Oh, sorry, Danny. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Uh, Simon's got me. Um, Classic uh, barman there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so. Uh, Oproer is a merger of two breweries, um, Ruig en yeah. uh, uh, Roy Dop. En Roy Dop was founded by uh, Mark, Jos en Kees. Ja. En those were massive beer nerds uh, who I knew from the beer temple. And they were homebrewing, I think, just, yeah, they homebrewed before us. Because we, I think me and Rick or me and Paul went to Utrecht. They had a, a space in one of the um, uh, cellars next to the canal. Uh, and uh, yeah, we went there to check out their equipment before we even had our own equipment. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were brewing IPA back then. And uh, yeah, we learned a lot. Uh, we also immediately sort of started talking about uh, yeah how we could get our kit together and what we liked of theirs. And uh, and they, um, as we did, they uh, but they started also contract brewing at the Mola. Uh, yeah. I think that must have been maybe for them 2011. I think we started there 2012. Maybe they just before but yeah it was really around the same time they were maybe a year or a couple months uh, earlier 
And uh, yeah, they started to brew, I think, mostly IPAs and Imperial Stouts. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Mark the, the, uh, was left by the other guys and uh, merged with uh, uh, Ruig. And now they have their own place in uh, Utrecht near uh, Station Zuilen with a, a vegan restaurant also uh, and, and um, a brewery also in a separate uh, space, I guess. Yeah, and Ralph is the kind of uh, their outlet to do the barrel age, to mix ferment, to, right. to beer stuff, right? Yeah, yeah and it's funny because I, <laughs> I recently, or in the corona time, I opened a, a bottle of Royal Dop where uh, Mark made a, a Lambic blend also mm, okay, with yep. uh, Girardin, the Troch and... Uh, I think, yeah, maybe another Lambic as well. It was actually, it was super funky. It was really, really almost foul, poopy. Sulfur. Oh, really? But uh, not, I, I think you can get that sometimes in Lambics and definitely certain blends, but it helped. Really. It was in a grosse uh, swing top bottle, but uh, and a paper wrap, a uh, rooie dop around it. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun. So he's been... Really ghetto style yeah, bottle. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been, uh, yeah, also I know him uh, very well. I've, I've uh, yeah, known him for years since that time uh, we went over there and... Uh, uh, yeah, he's really uh, a beer geek uh, for sure. And uh, also uh, appreciating um, sour beers and uh, Lambic, of course. And But I, I must uh, admit that I didn't have, apart from that, a lot of their other mixed fermentation stuff. Mm. And yeah, so this one, definitely fruit on the nose. Definitely uh, the barrel character is in there. Uh, very pleasant uh, fruity yeah. nose. Mm. Nice color. More, I would say, in the, um, uh, along the American lines of sour beers, a bit more Very gentle. pungent. And, yeah. uh, Is that the main characteristic difference with American-style barrel-aged stuff? Yeah, you know, where are you going to draw the lines? I, In my opinion, I think European or Lambic, I should say. But there's a couple other breweries in Europe that are more subtle or more... Um, yeah, more subtle uh, and less extreme in their acidity, in their fruit flavors. In, um, yeah, and this one is a bit, yeah, there's oak for sure. I think in Lambic you shouldn't, or often you don't really find the oaky character or mm -hmm. it's just a, a, a part of a complex amount of flavors that are in there. And here it's a, a bit more pronounced and I, I, I would consider that more the American style. Okay, uh, cool. And also the fruit, uh, uh, the fruit component. It's uh, mm. yeah, more along those lines. Definitely some acidity, but very refreshing. Yeah, nice fruity. Sam, are you a fan of uh, sour beers? I really, really appreciate them. Yeah, and starting to appreciate them more. I like always like the style, but yeah. I in the beginning when I start drinking them yeah. years ago, I had a bit of trouble with that because it's just the acidity yeah. and it's half a glass and then yeah, 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 yeah. but I just admire the style it's so traditional and the blending it's it's an art it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got everything yeah it's it's funky it's earthy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love it but to drink it in a whole day long it's, it's not for me but uh, I, I love it and if you go for example to Cantillon that's something magical yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and then of course you drink a bit more because because you're there now it's yeah, just a, a magical experience this uh how these beers evolve as well it's just yeah to be appreciated something else, yeah. at a certain time though for you not absolutely not yeah, all the yeah. time yeah yeah and i think yeah there 
I'm not sure if I agree 100%. I think there are some... Yeah, it's weird to to talk about this category as sour beer because it can be so much. It can be a bit funky saisons. Yeah. That's something that you can drink uh, that you can drink all day. And sometimes yeah. it has been in a fooder with some wild yeast, maybe even bacteria. But I think something like this, this is very pronounced and very much of yeah. a lot actually. Yeah. And that is a bit in the way of just. Uh, being this uh, sessionable beer. But um, yeah. yeah, I think, so talking about sour beer as a whole category, that's a bit, yeah, that's a bit difficult because there's so much in yeah. there, you know. True, and it also can be very negative as well. Wow, sour beer. So yeah. For and a lot of people still, it's still, ah, still yeah. a sour big, beer. Big yeah. taboo kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? Sour yeah. beer is yeah. to some people like, well, I, well, I wouldn't want to drink that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's weird because in the, I think in the wine world, they're way better in sort of using uh, um, uh, more accessible terms, yeah. and but maybe even euphemisms for for like flavors that are can be a bit uh, uh, offensive. Like if if a beer or a wine has like tannins or is really astringent, yeah. often uh, in beer makers talk about astringency or mm. a tannic aspect, but often wine people talk about structure and yeah this goes so well with food and it has the right structure and they're talking about the same thing and uh, I think you wouldn't have winemakers or uh, sommeliers talking about sour wine although wines are also maybe even more than beer on Mm. the sour spectrum uh, of the uh, sour scale you know and so it's also the word you use and Maybe beer is a bit more honest or more uh, direct, uh, which doesn't always help to get the right, the expectation right. I think the the beer drinkers are a bit more direct. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, also also with uh, with their what they taste. Well, this is really sour. That's that's just the start when you taste something. This or if you and then you gonna taste a bit more and then you get more flavors out of it. And this this is this. And but I think the first it can be wow, this is sour, but. Of course, there you got uh, you got the lovers and the guys really are into these kind of beers. But yeah. if you don't know it, then the straight way is just yeah. This is sour, man. This is not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not good. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is definitely one of the most kind of pronounced sour beers I've had. Oh yeah. In my time, yeah, 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 for sure. I think I really got introduced to to proper sour beers when I started working for Oedipus, and this is a. Uh, way out there on the on the spectrum for me i mean i'm a i converted i'm a sour beer fan i know we shouldn't just term that as a blanket term but the more sessionable ones like swingers a, a, a gozer or a, a bill and a vice beer yeah i could sit on the terrace and yeah. drink four or five you know yeah. but this is this is uh i could only have one glass of this but it is it's got so much depth of yeah. flavor yeah there's so much layers uh, yeah and i'm just really trying to really sip Really small amounts, really trying to figure out what is within that kind of uh, complexity, what is, what else is in there, trying to figure out the blackberry. And it, it really makes you think and concentrate more about what's in your glass, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. So that's why it's also nice to, to share it yeah, for together. Sure. Yeah. And, and just because every sip you get a different flavor and it's also nice to share it with people who, who like this kind. Just, yeah. oh, do you taste this? And yeah, yeah, yeah. You really have to 
constant think about hey, what do I taste now? Yeah. yeah. Well done, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is really and Bart cool. Jan, yeah. of course. Sorry, Bart Jan. Shout out. Yeah. They actually uh, maybe good to mention. Uh, you talking about swingers? We got a silver medal medal in the bread sour category at the Dutch Beer Challenge for swingers, but they got. I think gold with the cherry, cherry. version of this, huh? Yeah. 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 Never tried it, but um, uh, yeah, they beat us. Also in the session IPA category, actually, we got silver and they got gold. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're no doing well. No hard feelings. No, 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 <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, of course not. And no, uh, no, no. that's a, it's also a really good session IPA. And I, I've had that one and I, I like it a lot. So it's uh, well deserved. Yeah. But yeah, all right. Well, thanks for thanks for your insight on that. It is really truly delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gonna take my time with it. Yeah, for sure. So while we're taking our time with it, uh, I will once again introduce Simon Fokima from Café de Wildemann. Yep. It's a pleasure in to have... In de Wildemann, right? Café right. in de Wildemann. Well, actually, it's Bierproeflokaal in de Wildemann. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oh, beer, 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 beer tasting room in the wilderman. That, but that's that's yeah, because it's always been called like that. Let's call it as it should be, right? Yeah. yeah. Of course. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And yeah. So when we first started this show, you were identified as someone we really wanted to talk to. And I know you're a very well recognized character within the Amsterdam beer scene. Everyone knows the wilderman. Everyone likes drinking beer there. I know I like drinking beer there. So you first started as an employee, I hear, back yeah. uh, how many years ago now? Well, here it comes, almost 25 years ago. 25 years ago, whoa. The 1st of June, here it comes. Oh, shit. The 1st of oh. June, 25 years ago. Oh, that's so, a real shame. So when we open, no. Yeah. When we I open, mean, oh, oh, of course, yeah. When yeah. we open, uh, it, it will be uh, 25 years in co- uh, on the contract uh, at the Wilderman. And 25 people are invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it become 15 September, so it's uh, this year is just, uh, we had lots of plans, but this yeah, year, yeah. can we say shit? Yeah, right. yeah, shit. But as, uh, on the Monday, the 1st of June, 25 years, Simon in the Wilderman, so uh, wow. oh, I'm man. looking forward to it. Amazing. At least we're open then. Eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. But um, uh, I started as a student. You started as a student? Yeah, for two, uh, two nights. Uh, I always came there to drink with, yeah. with friends, because we're, we liked special beer, but also because there was no music. We, re- we always met up there and chat, and then we go to a concert, or or we stayed and we were kicked out. That's also a possibility, <laughs> uh, lots of times. But uh, and then they um, they needed uh, another staff member, so they asked me if if, if I was willing to work for the, on the Thursday night and Saturday night. And you I were said, in there anyway, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> so, uh, so I said yes, and uh, from then it's history. Now, <laughs> unluckily. Uh, my boss then, Hank, got got ill quite 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 quick after a month being working at. It wasn't because of me, but <laughs> there was uh, there was lots of stress. So they had, uh, had another business as well, a whiskey yeah. place, and his wife and Hank fell fell away, of course, because of taking care of Hank. For sure. So there was stress. So they asked me, "Can you work a bit longer and, and more hours?" And I said, "Yes, of course." And after a year. Uh, Hank wasn't still back. He's still alive, but uh, he, he couldn't work behind the bar anymore. And they asked me, Simon, would you like a full contract? Yeah. And then I said, I looked in the mirror and I said, well, I haven't been studying a lot this year, so uh, <laughs> let's be honest to myself and to the to my friends and to my family. So I'm going to choose this for now and yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
because I loved it so much. And uh, what was it that what was it that really kind of you loved about it more than? Um, well, sociology was, or psychology? What was it? Psychology. Well, yeah, yeah, more yeah. Than, what did you like more than studying? <laughs> well, just helping people and and uh, the inter- interaction with uh, with our clientele, and uh, I like to do. You always have uh, what you do. You always have feedback or result. Okay. If you know what I mean, just because if you help people and they say, "Oh, you gotta taste this," and you see, "Ooh, this is nice," or and straight away there's a thank you or this, "Wow, this is fantastic," or yeah, yeah, yeah. "This is shit." Yeah, that's also a possibility. But straight away you got a result. I I, I find it really uh, difficult for me to uh, know how people can work for a project for years and don't see a result in in the in the beginning. Working with colleagues, of course, but especially with the clientele. Yeah. We're really into beer, or maybe you can draw them into liking special beer. Yeah. yeah because it's, you say cafe, and actually it is a cafe with lots of beer instead of a beer cafe, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we want to. The environment. Yeah, and we yeah. want to do everything for everybody, get, get to know people, uh, get to know uh, people that they know all the flavors and know what's going on. And But yeah. if you want a Pilsner, that's also cool. Yeah. But just curiosity. Yeah, that's, for sure. that's nice to trigger the curiosity in uh, in people. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. how how do you find the right balance when serving all these different people, either the beer geeks or the uh, the people just passing by that want to drink a pilsner? No, we always want uh, on our tap list. We always want to or a bottle list. We always have uh, something for everybody. Yeah, and in with if somebody comes in for the first time, you can say, "Well, this is our uh, tap list, and this is our beer book." got any questions just first relax of course eh? you have to make them feel safe and if they say i want a a blonde beer and i want this and we say sometimes we don't have that but maybe you should try this or maybe and they they just relax and they see what other people drink yeah yeah yeah. they get curious and they they look and if you see that then you can join in or just punch in and say well maybe you should try this then yeah 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 and take them to the next level yeah but also there are lots of still lots of people they say i don't like beer and then then we say well if you think about beer you think about pills and maybe it's too bitter for you <coughs> but i know for sure that it's for everybody there is a beer yeah and that's a challenge and if you can taste them and you can make that for them a wonderful experience because yeah. for example with a cherry beer or maybe a sour ale and at some point they say wow this yeah, is fantastic yeah. well you're drinking beer now yeah and then lots of times the partner is yes finally and for us as well of course because we do our job well yeah and that's extremely because rewarding for us, for us yeah, it's yeah. yes but also for the partner because now they can bring yeah, her wife or her husband yeah uh, more to to a beer beer place and they'll remember they'll yeah remember your cafe yeah, they, and they re- uh, remember their experience I want to know what it's like on a normal day for you working behind the bar and how much that has changed over 25 years. Well, I started, of course, uh, then as an employee. Yeah. Uh, then it was just came in, get dressed, skirt on, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, apron on, and then behind the bar. And, of course, you always looked first, what is the tap list? Is everything changed a bit or not? And, uh, yeah. and then you start just working mm-hmm. and soon enough it became manager and then that's a different story because then you do a bit of both and you bit just you buy you uh, hey you buy in you talk to uh to rep representatives of, of breweries yeah you, you go in the old days of course in the old days <laughs> um, <laughs> then it was hey, 
internet wasn't there yet. So there yeah. was lots of phoning and, uh, and, and it started slowly. You couldn't Google a brewery. But yeah. first it was just people coming by, just throwing stick, um, stuff and beers over the bar and just taste it. And, uh, when you started doing these management yeah? tasks that you had, uh, a lot of representatives coming in or was it really yeah, calling, uh, breweries like, Hey, can we get your beer or, or both? Yeah, it or was, what? um, it was more that of course there were, there were less breweries, so there was not not a lot of lot of choice. For example, I always give the example that we always uh, every year we organize a Dutch beer week, yeah. and that we do this now for uh, almost thirty years. Of, uh, yeah, and in the old days, and we had eighteen taps, and we still do have eighteen taps. But it was really really difficult to get uh, eighteen different kind of breweries to yeah. make your tap list uh, a good variety. Yeah, and now it's just almost impossible to to choose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And of course, then the reps came by and just threw beers over the bar. You got to taste this and we're going to call you later or we'll come by another time. And that still happens. But now you can do a bit of research as well. And yeah. people, and you can say, oh, what's going on? And yeah. So that's also changed. So in the morning or at night and you you listen, of course, and you talk to Sander, for example. Oh, I've been there yeah. to another brewery in England. You got to check that out. So yeah. that's that's changed over the years. Yeah. But still kind of very much the the same way of like just trying to keep a finger on the movements within yeah that's, that's uh, today uh, nowadays it's almost impossible yeah, because it's yeah. moving so fast yeah so that's almost impossible and of course you also rely on um on distributors yeah uh, and there's there are more and more distributors and from everybody you pick something or if it's interesting because we course got our main beer list uh, some tap beers from one distributor and you got more small ones they try to get an, a different interesting beer to you or yeah, to, yeah and that's for to keep our tap list or bottle list very interested for everybody yeah so we can it's it's always moving yeah for uh, sure so what what is it you think about uh in the Wildemann that you think is so special to people it's so important for us that uh, and for me that the service yeah uh, the, the the knowledge the service and the welcoming atmosphere uh, our atmosphere is timeless there's no music but can be very uh, strange for some people but for lots of people it's just super nice because they can chat about beer or they can read a paper a happy resting place for beer lovers yeah if you go to a cafe you have after a long day work you just want to relax and we are the people just to provide the relax, uh, relaxed atmosphere with fantastic products and mm-hmm. the knowledge about the products and, and of course that attracts a lot of nice people as well mm-hmm. and uh without the music sometimes on friday night Sunday, you know you don't need music and on the, on the monday morning or afternoon you don't need music as well it's just and lots of uh, people out of the music business come to drink at our place because there isn't music not really because <laughs> they want to just oh, yeah, yeah for sure maybe they want to talk about music but they don't want to listen to it and the interior is beautiful it's really berry and it's just it's old and it's just uh, timeless and it's for even if you're 18 or 80 it's it's still always nice to come there yeah for sure yes. yeah yeah that, that's because i i always liked it when i first i came to the wilderman and i said wow what's this eh? and no music first my reaction this is stupid but then <laughs> ah, this is relaxing and then with hank and with the service then you think oh this is super cool so you then you bring 
more friends and then shall we go to the discotheque or should we go to the movies or yeah. or to Paradiso yeah and then you go further because in Paradiso you don't talk you just yeah. shout or just listen to the music so yeah. what, sort of, really, what sort of concerts were you going to well, I really like uh, I've been in once in New York and Neil Young, oh nice, yeah. great. I would, love a, so beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love a beer in the Wildemont before seeing Neil Young. That would yeah, be me too, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I did. But <laughs> So that uh, t- uh, Tom Waits, I always want to go there once nice. in my lifetime, but it will be uh, not anymore, I think. Do you still enjoy tapping a beer behind the bar after, I love 20, it. after I love 25 it. years? Yeah, yeah. Still I love still it? love it, uh, because uh, with managing more and uh, at some point just taking over the place, Yeah. Uh, there was more time needed behind the scenes. Yeah. But I, uh, I really have to work at least two days behind the bar because otherwise it gets really, really cranky. Yeah, for sure. And now, of course, yeah, really. I just, because then you don't see the results. You see, you're working behind the scenes, a lot of work in the cellar and this and this and that. And then people's, and then I come up and just finish my day. Yeah. Because then uh, normally I, stayed eight, I start eight o'clock in the morning and yeah. then I'll finish it four or five and then they come up and I have a beer and they said whoa Simon what have you been doing uh, it's, it's nice uh, <laughs> earning your money like yeah, this yeah, yeah. I said whoa that's not fair that's not really because not fair is it are you uh, eh? someone's so, got to make sure there's beer to be served you yeah know? but some people don't uh, see that as work they, they think when you own a business yeah. you don't have to work anymore yeah but yeah. that's true but uh, I, I just love to see to help people and just I love to work still there i think it's really good that you're still getting behind the bar and doing it because yeah. there's so many people that become the cafe owner that do kind of end up just sitting in the office you know and just yeah, have, uh, yeah because you got also cafe owners you got more and more business uh, businesses and that's almost impossible to work behind the bar then yeah but i like to uh, also i like to see what's happening and yeah i think it's really important for our bar as well to to see what's happening with the routing and yeah just if what what the clientele wants or uh yeah, because maybe sometimes they know know me more than me in the beer scene some some geeks they say wow you gotta check that out now i want to listen to that and yeah. i want to chat with them and it's always easy behind the bar as well and just seeing the faces yeah, if they if you sure. if you serve them a fantastic beer then whoa yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. it's uh gives me lots of energy yeah yeah for sure yeah and I think that's why maybe lots of people still come to the Wildemont because they know you own it and you're maybe two days of the week you're behind the bar. So that's yeah, why they like hopefully. it. Hopefully. Or yeah. they stay away. That's also possible. <laughs> <laughs> so you're now the full owner and you took over from Hank and his wife, you, yeah, you said? from an elf. I have to say uh, we, we, I took it over with, uh, with my wife as well. With your wife yeah. as well. Okay, yeah. nice. Else. So how... how uh, also elves. Yeah. Also elves. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How different do you think you run it compared to he, uh, the way he did? Like, what was he like as the cafe owner? Well, when he started, uh, and, and what I learned from him and uh, from else, he was uh, hard but fair to his client because he really started it from nothing. It's well, it was it's been also always been a been a tap room for uh, Geneva's or or beers. But when he started in in '86, uh, there was a beer desert, and he really was focused. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So with no music, 18 taps, and it was crazy at that time. Everybody thought, that's stupid. But he was so focused on that. This is what I'm going to do. And his work at this was also 12 o'clock. I'm going to open. 1 o'clock at night, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to be shut. If it's, 
if it's empty from 10 to 1, I'm still going to be open and I'll still going to uh, call last orders. And so from there, he um, he started his business and yeah. it became bigger. And that's what I learned. And he was very strict on the on the beer proof account business. Uh, but I wanted to change when I started managing it. I wanted to change a bit more to a bar with lots of beer. Okay. So right. first, first you come in and then you see, whoa, this is, I'm welcome. And there's so many beers yeah, yeah, yeah. to be drunk. Yeah. So times have changed in that sense, right? They, yeah, slowly, but the uh, beer desert and wanted to put yeah. the emphasis yeah. on that. And yeah. nowadays, you know, uh, every bar around the corner has yeah. 10 taps. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. so for us, it, yeah. So for us, it's uh, always a focus on knowing more than other bars around you, also selling special beer. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that this is our focus. It's still our focus, our how we pour it and how it, that everything looks beautiful and neat and for sure. looks, looks beautiful. Yeah. Because if Sandra brews a beautiful beer, and one employee of ours just throws it in the, in the wrong glass or everything, then Sander will uh, we I get the blame, but also Sander because our Oedipus will get Jesus. What kind of beer was that? So it's also uh, our responsibility to uh, serve it right. Yeah, because Sander took so much time to make it so uh, uh, just a beautiful beer. So yeah, for sure, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. So that's what I slowly what we tried to slowly change. But I, I I've been managing this already for four, 15 years, and I was always on the spot to see what was happening. Mm-hmm. So that slowly came in. And when we really took it over, nothing really changed. Only only the back office changed. Yeah, yeah. Did you not have like a, a control thing where you really wanted to change a few things in order to modernize it or? No, inside never. Never. Because that's that was what I just said. It's it's timeless. And yeah, that's why you fell in love. With it. Yeah, and, and also I, I think I would be be killed by some <laughs> locals <laughs> because no well for example we um, what we did uh, for example uh, with, uh, two years ago we, we I really wanted to paint the interior and I, I really got killed by some people <laughs> Jesus Christ really? how can you do that I said well guys guys I'm not crazy yeah I know what I'm, we know what we're doing we're not gonna paint yeah just wait and see yeah so we started painting and we did all the woodwork and we were uh, busy already for two weeks with uh, with the painters and nobody noticed <laughs> and then of course we were uh, because when we did the bar uh, we had to be closed for three days yeah. and then because that, that's more difficult and, and the paints suddenly were open and people said well what have you been doing <laughs> because we only did the woodwork and uh, we started at five o'clock in the morning with the painters and we, uh, they stopped half past 11 and then 12 o'clock were open but they didn't see that the, the changes because you can you, you got you got painters you got painters so <laughs> yeah, we yeah, never, yeah. never changed the interior but we made it beautiful again but that and and more fresh yeah 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 because there's a little turning point of uh, old shit and yeah, yeah yeah sometimes it just needs a lick of paint but character. yeah but it, yeah. yeah you got the character and some <laughs> within a day it can be mm. it can be rubbish so uh, i want to be sure that with a fresh start and uh, and the interior was already there, or did Hank also had a hand in it? Uh, it was already there, but also Hank slowly changed it. But the, 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 for example, the bar was always been there yeah. because it was a tasting room yeah. and it was also like a showing counter of the of the shop. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have one more question about it, if I may. Yeah. Uh, Rick was at my place the other day and he saw this Stein uh, uh, standing in my house. And um, the, the conversation went towards this uh, cabinet when you go down the stairs to the toilet that you have these names and these uh, uh, lockers yeah. with glasses. <laughs> yeah. And I never asked you, but um, why, why is it there? How, how do you get such a place? And when are the glasses ever used? And yeah. if so, when? Well... Yeah, that's 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 changes over the years um, yeah. because it was never there. Okay. Uh, but of course, when you go to the toilet, it was just wood. All right. And we went with our staff, Jew. What we also always like also to do if we go out <coughs> for and, and if we do it once a year, we go to a beer eat place, of course, to yeah. England to Germany. And we went to uh, Bavaria to Mars to Marsbroi. All oh, right, nice. And if you go to the hall, in the hallway there, you see also cabinets of for yeah, glasses. Yeah. And we said, Jesus Christ, this is fantastic. <laughs> and we're thinking and we were jealous and we were looking also if the clientele used them. And we said, yeah. we saw that with the whole team. And then Hank and El said, uh, well, we've got to find a good carpenter who can make that and can build it in there. Uh, uh, yeah. So we, we found a brilliant carpenter and he built it in there with 14 little lockers. And uh, lots of people were, lots of clientele who were into the German beer said, oh, please, can we have one? <laughs> yeah. So there were places of only 14 lockers. So and there were, of course, more people who wanted to use them. Sure. So we got to share lockers. <laughs> and... We even had every year a, a locker day on a Sunday because normally we're closed on Sundays. We got a locker day. Ah. They could provide a beer. I was working, but it, it was their day. So they had to, to buy in the beer and do some food. And then I would be open from 12 till 6. Nice. And I, I would, uh, they, it was their day. Yeah. Nice. And now that, that died away a bit, but it's still being used. Not not very a lot, not a lot anymore. Is there any space in the lockers for Sander? I think he's desperate for one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the, the the second question from Rick, you know, <laughs> and you. No, 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 not so much. But we just it's uh, sort of uh, it was a bit um, yeah. Uh, mythical. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, still mythical is it? because is it, uh, is it used? Yeah. I never yeah. see. And, uh, 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 for example, Jan-Willem and Femke, you know them. Yeah. They they use it, and Bob and Nicole, they use it, okay. and they, they're still people use it and the, it is very mythical because and that's a true story some ashes of one clientele is now gone but it was there for a year what? In, in, yeah, in, the, well, in the glass now in his time yeah, yeah. Whoa. but i heard it from his friends also a year they said well can we we should really put this away because it's there were some you're making this up no 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 serious no 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 this is a true well, story you hear wow. about uh, wanting to have your ashes Creepy. scattered and uh, <laughs> where you're the happiest and they weren't even glass. scattered of course they were just oh. in his in his favorite mug and, yeah. it, and it was closed of course the mug with yeah, uh, yeah. with some cement true story but yeah. uh, wow. it's gone now so there's there might be space for you guys you've you've kind of watched this craft beer cycle go kind of uh, escalate and grow and grow and grow what yeah. was it like before traditional yeah if there was something new then or some some people said this is too bitter oh jesus christ what is this so it was yeah. really 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 uh the supplying chain there weren't too many yeah at the moment. so sometimes we went away and got some ooh, uh, special crates and it was uh it was quite weird yeah 
we went to England or some 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 people came from England and brought a cask cask ale for example that was mm. very special and at some point I think it really kicked off for lots of people when eh, when anchor when Bianco started with uh, importing American beer that's when he really got the wow factor also for us and for me when I got for example anchor Liberty Hill it came and we were the first port I think and it just Jesus Christ was it what is this with the cascade hop yeah. it was so new for uh, for everybody yeah. and that that's what really kicked kicked it off for us as well and I think for the for the whole <coughs> beer scene just from then it just everybody went mental because uh, with the American beer uh, where you worked the beer temple it was also wow what's this and and the, yeah. the mm. tropical um, smell of the yeah. of the hops, grapefruity, uh, grapefruit, yeah. and some people and dry and bitter at the same yeah. time. You had fruity beers already, but they were yeah. often more sweet or yeah. lacking the yeah. bitterness. Or but also yeah. for lots of uh, clientele who were more into the traditional stuff, that or they said, "Wow, this is fantastic," or they said, "Jesus Christ, what kind of perfume is this?" Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, this is artificial. Yeah. And we said, "No, it's not. Artificial. It's just pure the hops, and oh, this is yeah, fantastic." Yeah. So that's, I think it was it, 2005 when it really yeah. kicked off with the Americans here. And from then it went all mental. Did it take a while with your customers to keep like, keep selling these uh, anchor beers and like, come on, you've well, got, really uh, got to like it. It's good. I promise no, you. No, no, no. Uh, no. Because no. Always, you always, always got locals who are really interested in all kinds of flavor or yeah. if it's food or everything, they're all is instant and yeah. they, they also got the wow factor. Yeah. But some, some people said, and it, that's stayed, stayed like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah what sure. I've seen in the beer temple also happening is that, uh, you know, if you give a people, a person that never had an IPA, you give them an IPA. Some people like it instantly some and are hooked. Some people hate it and will never like it, but there's uh, something in the middle and that pe some people need uh, mm -hmm. a second and a third before they start to appreciate yeah. and uh, yeah, so it needs some time to build. But before the American stuff arrived, was, was uh, in the Wildermann there was always room for uh, Belgian, English and German traditional beers yeah. or was it mostly Belgian? Because I, I always have the impression well, that in Amsterdam with Beer Co and the Gollum cafes, it was mostly Belgian focused. Yeah, because that, uh, at that time it was most easiest to get, and of course some uh, some Dutch. Uh, yeah, yeah. The of course, you had some yeah, uh, yeah. some small Dutch breweries yeah. like uh, Brouwerij de Hemel in yeah. Nijmegen, yeah. and sure. you had some yeah. small ones, but mm -hmm. it was sometimes also hard to get because they were so small. Because yeah. and, and the distribution uh, distribution was wasn't too good at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One company that really helped us, and more small bars, beer bars, was uh, the beer line. It still exists, and now it's owned by uh, Jose. But it was really with you, Shippen, and Marlies Boink. They really, with their little minivan, they once a week went to uh, to Amsterdam to supply us and the Beer King. And they had got they got some strange, uh, off the road scene beers that was yeah. ooh. So that was also nice for us, for our business, of course, but also for our clientele and for the Beer King for it just. There's something new coming, and it was always important. It's always been important. But those are mostly English focused or and Belgium, but also Belgium, and some yeah. sometimes um, they found something in northern France, something ah, wicked and yeah. Uh, sick. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that that was really uh, also an eye and very important. And I and and Marlies and you also went to the smaller breweries 
in Holland to pick out the klein duimpje and uh, there's some really ones that really also needed help mm-hmm. to for the distribution and distributing and uh, so it was important that days mm-hmm. those days and mm-hmm. so beer and call was important but also uh, Marlies yeah yeah sure as you've seen kind of breweries get larger and become kind of maybe more industrial or, or swallowed up by bigger industrial breweries yeah. how does that affect the way you run your bar no, but yeah, we can. Yeah, we can take, talk take, about take it. Take yeah, the yeah. Uh, example of Oedipus. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think, uh, and I really mean it. I think it's great for the company, for Oedipus, for Sander, that uh, they got help to to make their dream come true with expanding, but also with the, the plans they have. And I think it's just fantastic. And sometimes you also have to recognize, not because of Heineken, but also just you have to be a bit proud of that company as well, Heineken. You don't. You don't like them, or you you don't like the taste, but you can still be a bit proud of what they did for, for Holland and for the Dutch beer for sure. And with 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 Oedipus, what what they reached in in eight years time, not, not even from nothing to to this, you only have to be proud, and they, they still got their own identity. That I, I find that important that they still got their yeah. uh, own identity, their own flavor and recognizable colors and their own recognizable flavor and what they do. So, yeah, I, I just say Celebrate. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If, 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 if more people can enjoy their beautiful beer, wait, yeah. who am I to say, not in my bar, no. Yeah, yeah. I sure. want to support and enjoy people drinking their beer. Yeah. Who am I to say no? And as times and change, at times and trends have changed within the kind of hurricane landscape, you've never felt the pressure to adapt yourself either, have you? Never felt the pressure, no, because then I uh, I would lose my own identity as well. Yeah, for sure. What I know, what I learned from Hank, is pure, pure passion. Yeah. And uh, I like uh, a bit of less money, okay, but passion, yeah, you got to do what you like. Yeah. Always. And protecting that community, I guess. Yeah. Protecting the yeah. Beer, people that come in. Yeah. What does the kind of Amsterdam beer community mean to you? I think the, the Amsterdam or... Or the, or the beer community. Worldwide. Say, I, I, think, you, I, I think, think you're uh, internationally recognized, maybe. Yeah, but I, I think the, the community, the beer community of... Uh, beer community, but also uh, lovers of life and taste lovers. No, it's, just, it's, it's a community of um, people who really like flavors. Yeah, and of course we're in the beer, and also with food. There's so many people who like good food. Just oh, they want to be triggered, and I think it's a fantastic scene. And we, mm-hmm. we through the years we know so many lovely people who are really, you can say geeky or nerdy, but they're f- so passionate, and that's that's fantastic to see and be involved and be around with. Yeah? We got so many lovable nights with. Yeah? Yeah, of course, sure, drinking yeah. wise, and uh, but also just enjoying and just learning from each other, and just I think it's a fantastic scene, fantastic thing, and to also be to be around with and just uh, to help out where we can as well. At the halfway stage, uh, is everyone okay? You all right? Carry on going yeah. through. Cool beer. Uh, yeah, I would maybe like a top up. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, this one. Uh, yes, but, uh, oh, we have some bills. Yeah, it's funny that you uh, mentioned it. I think it's you see it also 
or sort of uh, or Carnival of Britannies is very much also a result of it, I guess. Yeah. You know what you what Simon just mentioned, where uh, you know also these dinners at the Goudverzand, where yeah. Elaine and Steven and the people, yeah. yeah, working or connected to the Willeman in some way with brewers, uh, create an amazing event, and everybody, yeah, it. it Started in the wild, well, yeah, Jan and Elaine in the Wildeman yeah. uh, thinking, hey, these uh, old Saccharomyces beer are a bit boring, aren't they? And mm, what can yeah. we do around it? And it was already, I think, the first edition that also uh, Bob Modebroek, another regular, uh, came with his own sourdough bread. And uh, yeah. yeah, this mm. is also part of it, right? And yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, I think it really... In this festival, a lot of things come together where you just uh, are talking about. And, uh, yeah, because also for, for, for the brewers who are not involved in the festival for one year, for example, always want to come because it's a big day out for them as well. You, mm. you, you, you meet your fellow brewers, uh, you get inspired, or you just have a laugh and lots of times, lots of giggles and just being a bit stupid, but with good products. And that's... Yeah. That wakes, but what makes the world go around, I think. All right, so we're about halfway through the interview with Simon. So let's take a break to give Sam Parkinson a call to see what's in his fridge. Sam is an old friend and a beer fanatic who's based in Brighton in the UK. So let's give him a call and check out what's in his fridge. I'm very good. I'm very good. It's good to finally get you on the line. That was a bit tricky, wasn't it? Yeah, well, sorry about that. No, no, don't worry about it. Anyway, can you tell me what's in your fridge? Uh, yeah, I'm cur- currently, just got home, I'm currently drinking um, Mango Pale by Unbarred Brewery. I think they're a relatively new brewery in Brighton, where I'm based. Ah, nice. Um, it's, it's it's delicious. It's like um, when I poured it out, it felt like I was actually pouring out um, like a can of pop. It's got that kind of um, Fanta um, pour to it. A, a very ju- yeah. a very juicy look to it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's thick. You know what I mean? It's yeah, thick. Yeah. Is it what? So like what? What is it? A pale ale or is it like a New England IPA, a double IPA? Mango pale. So it's a mango infused. Pale ale. Let's wow. See what it says. Yeah, it's got it's got oats in it as well. That's why it's it tastes a bit um, thicker, I reckon, and a bit more um, a bit creamier, a bit okay. juicier. Yeah, unbarred. I think um, they've got like a little beer um, tap room just in the centre of Brighton, like behind London Road. It gets pretty busy and like on a on a nice weekend, and um, you can do like it's. I think they. They brew the beer there as well. You can do like a little tour. It's a nice little, nice little gaff. And do you buy their beer quite often, or is this kind of a, a, a just a random pick? Um, yeah, I will say I do actually. It's quite you see it quite a lot in pubs and stuff in in Brighton, and it's always it's always good value for money. I wouldn't say it's it's never like um, it's not world changing if you ask me, but it's like 
you know it's going to be good quality and it's like a decent enough price because I think it's pretty local. Nice. It can get quite expensive. Nice. Oh, yeah. And down in Brighton. Good to support your local brewery as well. What else is in there? So I went for a bit of um, a bit of a nuttier one for um, a Wednesday night. It's eight percent. Eight percent. It's called Ooh. "Too Many Opinions Water Down the Original Idea," and it's by Vedant Brewing Co. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar think, with them, think, but where are they located? I think it's Cornwall. I'm going to say Cornwall. Um, yeah, I reckon it's Cornwall. Um, that's a West Coast double IPA. Wow. The Dipper. The Big Dipper. The Big Dipper. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to cracking that open. It looks, it looks delicious. The guy in the shop said it was lovely. Um, yeah. Shout out to Seven Cellars, where I got my takeaway beer from. So is this the today. shop, is this the shop where, is this like the local craft beer shop in Brighton? Yeah, they do. There's a couple of couple of good ones. Bison Beer, um, they they're they're like the the craft beer kings, I'd reckon in in Brighton. Um, there's also a little smaller one, which is Seven Cellars, who do a lot of really nice beers and wines as well. Um, that's on my way home, so I popped in there. Just got just got to ring them up and tell them. I I just said just like just put a few aside. Yeah, nice, nice. Or vegan. Oh, Make no. sure they're vegan for for the ethical drinkers out there. <laughs> very good, very good. And what what beers do you like? Are you kind of um, I don't know your everyday beers. What beer is you have you usually got in your fridge? Is that one from a local brewery or is that uh, something different? Um, it really it, it depends, especially at the minute, just what you can get your hands on. The co-op um, next to us that usually has like pretty decent. Enough it's just like, yeah, um, but if I get to like a proper craft beer shop, I try and go for, um, I do try and go for some darker ones, porters and, and stouts, because that's, that's what I, I do love. But um, it's difficult to find, um, you know, you've got to really, got to really pop around. Definitely, definitely. Now, like the last time we spoke, you were talking about some form of beer subscription that you had. Now, what uh, are you still using that, and is that any good? Oh yeah, no, we've kept it up actually because it's been pretty decent. It's called the Beer Fifty Two, where when as soon as like lockdown started, the craft beer shops hadn't opened up yet to kind of um, get going with their takeaway business. It took them a while. So this Beer Fifty Two, you got like you just paid for postage and you got eight free beers, and they were all just like really really nice ones just all from everywhere in the world really um so yeah we've kept it up it's like it's 20 pounds a month um and you every month you just get some nice beers you get a nice um nice craft beer magazine that you can read if you you want to or you can just you get um some salty nuts as well so it's a bit (laughs) like a pub in a box really (laughs) and that's what we need especially with the pubs all closed yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly yeah perfect all right nice is it and like with the the beers that come in the package are you mainly introduced to new breweries or do you find that you're kind of aware of most of them um there's some that some that you recognize definitely and then I'd say everyone you get, um, you do get a little surprise, a little. I haven't seen that before, and I think that's what they pride themselves on, kind of um, searching, searching stuff out. All right, interesting. I think that's yeah. kind of their their angle. Um, 
with the subscription thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know how well they do because, um, yeah, I reckon a lot of people maybe just cancel after the first free order, but I've kept it up because it's just, yeah, I think it's nice to support these kind of little entrepreneurial little ventures that people are doing and stuff. Definitely, definitely when it comes to introducing people to uh, new breweries, I think it helps a lot of people out. Um, but yeah, what else What else is in your fridge then, Sam? Have you got anything uh, Anything else that you might be drinking? It's coming to the end of the week. Yeah, so. I'm, look, I'm looking at now, I'm about to just crack it open actually. Maybe you can get the, catch that. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that sound. Um, but I'm just cracked open a Burning Sky, which is, Classic brewery, um, Petite Saison. Um, so I do, I do like a little Saison every now and then. Yeah, very good, very good. I'm just going to pour a little bit out and I'll, just, I'll tell you what it is. It's 3.5%, so pretty sessionable. Unfiltered, unpasteurized, may contain sediment. Lovely. Nice. Have a go. And Burning Sky, are they oh. uh, local or I'm not, I'm not aware of them? You know what? I don't know. They're definitely not Brighton, but I think they are. Ah, Furl. That's no, it is Brighton. It is. It is. It is Brighton based. It's just kind of just outside of Brighton. Well, it's good that you've been introduced to uh, another local brewery. Anything else that you're gonna have in the fridge, or you have in the fridge? Sorry. Yeah, I've got um, a couple of Tiny Rebels Welsh um, Welsh brewery because they're they're always um, good value for money. I've got the Kutch, which is a Welsh red ale, which is really, I've had this plenty of times. It's really malty and fruity. Um, and the tasting notes here say toffee and citrus. Um, so if that's your bag, then the Tiny Rebel Kutch is a good one. And the Club Tropicana by Tiny Rebel as well. Yeah, definitely. That's just like a classic fruity yeah, pale that. ale. All right, well, that's really, really good. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Shout, yeah, shout out Brighton, um, <laughs> shout out beer. Yeah, it's all, all good stuff, all good stuff, really. All right. Uh, looking forward to, yeah, actually, you know you know what it was meant to be? Next week, I was meant to be coming over to Amsterdam to see you. Um, so, to, to that happening at some point. Well, hopefully, uh, once this all blows over, we can have you up back over here, and I hope to have a beer with you in the tap room. Yeah, I'd love to, mate. Looking forward to it. All right, Sam. Nice one, mate. Uh, see you soon. All right, cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye, mate. Okay, thanks to Sam. And if you want to get involved with what's in the fridge, please get in contact with me, radio at oedipus.com. I would love to give you a call to check out what's in your fridge. But for now, let's jump back into the interview with Simon. Here we go. talk about you as a as a host as as kind of like the the pub landlord because i think it's quite a unique and uh, interesting character how much do you think that you fit kind of a a, a stereotype of like the cafe owner you go oh. you like the strict uh, kind of it's traditional guy or the you better have to ask uh, yeah. Yeah. no uh, 
personally, I'm not not strict. Uh, Compared to but but no, but um, but I know what I what I uh, want in this in the bar, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always as not even as a landlord, but also as a bartender, you have to uh, really see what your limits are. Just these these are the rules. Yeah, and you, and they're not really super super tight rules, but this for for people you have to know what you get. And if you bend the rules or do bits, then people don't know it anymore. And but, for example, no music eh, with not even with the, nowadays with with uh, with the telephones. Yeah, uh, people yeah, yeah. watching YouTube. No, guys, we don't do that. Eh? For maybe for one minute or thirty seconds, okay. But there are lots of other people who don't want to listen to that. Yeah, for sure. And they have to be really strict because otherwise people don't know recognize the bar anymore because lots of people still go there because there is no music uh, and there's taken care of so uh, i find that really important yeah I, I still think you go to a bar just to not look at your phone or not listening to or seeing youtube films you cannot also do it at home yeah. people just want to get away i think yeah, it's the meeting place right that's, yeah, that's also, what it's yeah. traditionally known as the, the pub yeah. and as a host yep I think uh, with my wife and with, with our, our staff, we just be are very nice <laughs> and knowledgeable and, and patient. And, and also the, the crack with your clientele. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. very important yeah. just to make it a bit of a homey. Did you learn a lot from uh, Hank in that uh, aspect? aspect? Yeah, well, what I just uh, told earlier, just the, the strict things that, yeah. uh, that the hard but fair, but I, I'm not super hard, I think. Sometimes may, maybe a bit too soft, but some, some aspects are... Um, I really still do. If I prepare eh, the bar for the day, for the o- for the opening the day, I do still th- do things what Hank did and told me. Yeah. Just stupid things with coasters and that kind of yeah. stuff. But it's not yeah. stupid. But it's just that's how you start. You start clean and really everything. It should be on the ball just to be ready and prepared for everything. And yeah. Do you train every new staff member actually yourself? Yeah, together sometimes with uh, Elaine yeah. and. Uh, there are always things we, uh, when we have uh, conversation, when new staff members come with our interview, I always ask, what do you don't like when you go to a bar? <coughs> you always that, ask your staff that, what you that, don't no, like? No, no, uh, uh, when they um, apply apply for a job. Right. So what, do you, what do you don't like when you go to a bar? Well, and then they say, well, a coast is, is like this, or glass is filthy. Somebody's at the phone and not paying attention, not saying goodbye, not saying hi. And said, okay, well, so that's what you don't do here then. And then they look at you, oh, oh, fuck, yeah. (laughs) So it's always easy, yeah. Yeah. Or then they they start thinking about it. Okay, that's that's what we don't do here because that's what you find annoying. So, uh uh-uh. Yeah. And I think I recognize uh, what you say about uh, fair but strict, and uh, and and I think I also have seen that uh, evolving in staff coming and going in the Wilderman and uh, taking some of that uh, along with them, you know. And uh, I, I hope so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm we're really really proud that all the staff that leaves uh, leaves for a, um, a better opportunity or they go somewhere else. It's never. Of course, sometimes something doesn't work out right, but most of 95% of them are uh, still coming back mm-hmm. for a beer and to enjoy themselves as a way. So that, that's what I'm really proud of. At some point, 
you can have even more bar people who used to work uh, than clientele <laughs> than than, <laughs> yeah. than locals. So I'm really proud of that that they all go to a further stage in their life. And many of them, huh? sorry, to many of them uh, like stayed working within like beer. Loads, beer. loads of them. Yeah, yeah. For example, we got uh, Bart. He from the Wilderman. He started working for Beer and Co. Then he went. Yeah, Bart's a funny, funny guy. <laughs> so he did lots of things in the beer business, and he's now uh, training for Heineken, and he's also training. Uh, he's working for Altje Beer Bar. Oh, nice, Lutje. Went from Beer Co. and where it was uh, ambassador, uh, brand ambassador for uh, Brewdog and now for Lagunitas. Wow! So there are lots of people still in the beer business so and, uh, the and loving it. Oh. The Wilderman is a little bit of a beer academy, then I would say. The Ajax, <laughs> the, Ajax. <laughs> the pinnacle, of this cool beer. No, 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 no. we won't go that far. But uh... can you share with us some of the most like shocking stories you've seen in your twenty-five years from behind the bar? Want any memories that that's stick a, out, or does that's a... That's a professional secret, man. No. Uh, most shocking story. Funny thing is, the, um, we're very lively uh, in the center, of course, and we're very, very lively bar, but also quite boring because no, because the the, the people who, who really uh, come for trouble or for something stupid, they don't like us because we don't have Heineken, we don't have music, yeah. so it's a natural filter. Yeah. But of course, some stupid things happen. But I really yes, have to you think still about serve it. alcohol, you know, and people still drink <laughs> a lot of alcohol and do silly things. I will come back. To okay, that. okay, okay. okay. All right. So let's. let's I really have to think about, about it. Who's, yeah. who's your favorite like regular? Is he? Uh, who's your? Oh. Yeah. Who's your favorite regular? Oh. Or some of the wow, best no, no, best memories f- in your twenty five years? Now, of course, my favorite uh, has to be uh, Hans Krant. Hans Krantz, tell me a little bit Hans about him. Hans newspaper. Oh, because yeah, yeah. he comes yeah. uh, he also he comes uh, even longer than the beer bar uh, the Wilderman exists. Right. He comes uh, to the Wilderman, still comes uh, from '84 till now. Wow. And every day, except Sunday, of course, twelve o'clock for his newspaper. Yeah. The Trouw. The, the newspaper, yeah. the Trouw, and yeah. we have to put it on the same spot. <laughs> on the same table, and that's uh, when the trial isn't getting uh, delivered, then it's panic. So yeah. I run to the newspaper shop. Jesus Christ! Just in front, <laughs> just in time. Oh, because otherwise you don't want to see his prowling lip or just his sad mm. eyes when it's not there. Yeah, just no, no. He, he's never he he never curses, but yeah. the look is already uh, is, 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 is even worse. Yeah, yeah. What does he drink actually? I was going to ask. Uh, <laughs> He likes nowadays. He likes it because he, um, he was always he, he loves English style beers because in the summer holidays he used to go to England for three weeks just to exper- uh, tasting and going to pubs, 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 pubs. Nowadays he's just uh, a blonde mm-hmm. and but beer. Yeah, always, yeah, always, uh, always a beer, yeah. and then he then he moves on. Uh. <coughs> One or two beers. Saturday too. I've known him for twenty five years. 25 years I've been serving him, but also before that I know him as well. Yeah. Yeah, Hans is the, the main character, of course. Right? Uh, uh, he deserves a medal. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. This is also true. A couple of months ago, I was, I, I dared to ask his age because I never asked his age and, and we never knew. And he's 83. He's just 
a diehard and you're still yeah. fit. He said, well, a bit of fitness and, <laughs> and, and brain fitness because uh, he always does his crosswords. Yeah. Uh, Very traditional also with, uh, how do you call it? Uh, with a pencil. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he can wipe it off as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the next come, oh, for the yeah, next yeah, yeah. next yeah. guy who comes along and wants to play the crossword, because some people are really just by pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then afterwards, if you somebody else wants to do the crossword, it's not possible anymore. Uh, so how cool it. is that? That's yeah, very yeah. cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Hospitality can be tough. Working in bars can be tough. Uh, how do you have you been doing it for so long? What's your what's your secret? Any uh, cellar fitness routines or anything? No, yeah. You, yeah well yeah of, of course it's a it's a physical job so yeah. just um you walk no 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 physical training that because you do that in cellar but it's i think it's just um pure love of the job do you ever find time to visit cafes yourself where do you go when you want to drink i wish i had more time to to visit and uh, to to see also what's what's going on uh, but sometimes you're cafeed out yeah. You just want to sit uh, on the couch and watch telly and just say nothing. Yeah. And you just sit with your wife, just be a bit tired. Because, uh, and But I like to, uh, on Sundays, I like to go uh, here, for example, Oudipus. I like the Monumentje. Also, just oh, yeah, some, yeah. some classic boozers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, sometimes when I got time to say hi to Peter at the Irons Nest, but he's also busy, so it's some... Uh, Sometimes I'm just got right, got huh? Weingart. No, I'm not going there anymore no? oh. because uh, changed owners oh. and also changed the, the the style of serving people. And oh, I thought, no, I don't, uh, don't want to. Checkpoint Charlie is uh, my new favorite. Uh, uh, also, it's a different five, lots of music, but lovely people and just a variety of people coming there. Mm-hmm. And it's just also a bit of a. It sounds really movie starish and stupid, but. It's also just a bit of a hideout, just to... Yeah, it's a bit of a neighborhood bar, isn't it? Yeah, just uh, yeah. and just drink a pills and then right. uh, oh, ma- yeah. maybe one or two and just you go home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because if you say, I would like to visit more bars, it would yeah. be around Amsterdam, beer yeah. bars. Yeah. Like uh, Fooders, uh, yeah. Beer and to yeah. see what's going on. Yeah, that really yeah. sounds, uh, sounds stupid. And, and then, then everybody, hey, see more. Yeah, 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 for, sure. yeah, for example, uh, uh, Fooders, fantastic bar. Uh, uh, one day I went there after Ajax match. I went to uh, with with uh, with a friend of mine, Rick. I went to uh, watch Ajax, and I well, we got out of the metro, and I went got my bike and had to pass footers. But I really had to go for a piss, so I went to to Yuri and said, "Well, hey Yuri, one beer, please, and can I use your toilet?" And there were lots of lovely clientele also from us, and just hey, Simon, and I said, "Jesus Christ, guys." I got to go for the piss and whoa, you're drinking a pills. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, guys, I'm going again. Bye. <laughs> Not because I, I, I don't like them, I, because I love them, but at some point you just want to take a break. Take a break. Yeah, yeah, if I totally and get that. Just drink a, a pills. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, bars and restaurants are all closed. We yep. got the news that we can open again on June the 1st. Yep. But the coronavirus has allowed uh, uh, time for some self-reflection and some self-evaluation. What can we expect when the Vildemans reopened? How are we going to do it? Thinking about this for nine weeks now, and uh, it's uh, it's really it's really hard. It's just shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's just... Uh, 
And uh, with now with the uh, one and a half meter rule, we can only have uh, 30 people. Yeah. And maybe four or six or eight on the terrace. Yeah. That's it. We just heard that uh, there another three months of uh, support will come from the government, but at some point they will they will stop with supporting from the government, and uh, we we got a bit of rent to pay, and of course you want to keep your staff and yourself, ourselves uh, also has have to be paid, and it's frustrating to uh, and of course the illness is really really bad and. Uh, Death and sickness is always worse than money, of course. And, but at some point, you see, you wake up and you see, oh, my whole business is sliding away from me, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's that. Sometimes you, uh, I sleep well, but then I wake up with. A <gasps> but it's, it, I, I see it now as a, as a challenge as well. So, you see, uh, I finally get, we got something to work towards to, yeah. and see how we can do this and. Uh, but it's it's yeah it's a worry for the whole business and the, the and as as a bar owner, why do you think it's important that we kind of protect Horika and bars and restaurants? Because it's the glue of society. <laughs> for example, today, and we could say hey to our we got a mailing list of course, and we said hey we're gonna open it the first of June, and first of and straight away, some uh, straight away reactions ah the first of June we will be there we will be there so the, straight away twelve there was even. <laughs> One clientele sent a meal and cycled to the wilderman, knocked on the door and said, did you get my meal? Yeah. <laughs> really? So, hey, hey, how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> They're desperate. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and they say, oh, I really want to see my friends again from this and this and this and just want to train, change their environment as well. Just there, because there's still lots of people in the city by themselves and got a place to go to have a good beer and see their friends. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Simon. Come to the end of the questions. Thank you for uh, being so open and friendly. Yeah. It's been really Thank good. You. Thank you for having me. It was yeah. a real honor. Yeah, good, good. Well, we're, your time's not up just yet, so we're going to play the quiz. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, can I say fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you can say fuck. <laughs> Once. Yeah, yeah. Maybe twice. Yeah. Okay. How the quiz is going to work is I'm going to ask you 10 questions. Sander is going to be my assistant. He has got the answers there. Now, uh, the question. So you're not joining in then? No, it's just purely directed at you. And as you can see over here, oh, we geez. have a leaderboard here. Um, there is still a lot to play for, you know. <laughs> still, still some space at the top. Matthias is leading the way at the bottom. Yeah. We've got Boris, and uh, let's see how you get on. All right. Um, I'm going to so, count the score. Okay, okay. he's going to count the score. Okay, so question number one: I'm a, bl a blend of different wild beers and can be only made in a specific region of Belgium. What style of beer am I? Lambic. Lambic is not what I've got written down, but Sander... A blend of different wild beers. Rodenbach. No, no. <laughs> what, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's also, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, Danny was looking for Goes. Goes, yeah, yeah, Lambic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a blend. Yeah, Goes is a blend of Lambics. Yeah. yeah. Sander's not sure. Do I... Uh, half, 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 half a point. point. Okay, half a point. You are oh, allowing half... Ha you're hard, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Questions. <laughs> yeah, rightly so. What yeah. I've got written down is truth. Call straight, Simon. So this one's. You've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you are a labor labor philist, what habit do you have? A what? A labiophilist. 
it's a habit con- uh, connected to beer. A nerd <laughs> <laughs> who likes beer, uh, beer thingies. Okay, okay. Yeah. The answer I was looking for is you like collecting beer bottles and labels. Okay. Yeah, but that's a yeah, nerd, yeah, yeah. nerd half, half again. Okay, half, half again. Half half again. No, this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, collect bottles and labels. Because there is a different. Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a no, different I, I term. Said it's a nerd who collects, who likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll let you have half point. But there is yeah. a different word for if you like collecting coasters as well, which I also found out. Really? Yeah, uh, uh, Tahis, uh, I can't remember. I'm not going to even uh, try and say it on the microphone because I will I'll <laughs> not say it correctly. So uh, in what country was it once a normal practice to baptize your child with beer? Egypt. No. The answer I was looking for was Norway. And that there used to be a practice in the 13th century that you would <laughs> baptize your children with beer. Okay, so the Scottish oh, beer... Geez, you go deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've really got to dive Did you know into that? it. Sunday. Nope. nope. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so the Scottish beer snake venom is known as the strongest beer in the world, but what ABV is it? And I'll accept the closest tenth. Snake venom. Snake venom. I thought they managed up to uh, 68.2%. Yeah. So I'm going to give you that. Yeah, I'm going to give you that. It's 60, 67.5%. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, that was really good. Two extra points. <laughs> <laughs> The old, okay, which is the oldest trapeze brewery in the Netherlands? Latrap. Latrap, correct. Yeah. Because you also got Zundert. Uh, Zundert, okay. Which people drink the most beer per capita in the world? Which nation? I think still the Germans, I th- think. Now that's not the correct answer. Is the Czech Republic? Still. <laughs> so which famous philosopher once said he was a wise man who invented beer. <laughs> ah, tough one. Yeah, tough I, week. Yeah, I yeah. thought this guy like being behind the bar, yeah, he, yeah, he but it, um, the man of all knowledge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is he a philosopher? Uh, Famous philosopher. Classic. Plato. Yeah, Plato. Okay, okay, uh, you get it. The oldest brewery in the United States... The oldest brewery, brewery. Uh, Yinning. Yes, correct. Yes. And what country has the largest number of beer brands in the world? Beer brands? Beer brands. Not breweries. It's a bit tricky, I guess, you know. Uh, yeah. No, the brand, this, this is brands, you know, this is what it is. Most beer brands in the world. Yeah. At this moment. At this moment. America, I think. Yeah. No, it's not what I've got written down. It's Belgium. Yeah. So which in which country do they drink the most Guinness per capita head? United States. New no. York. No? No. Boston? No. Yeah. It is Nigeria, the correct answer. Nigeria. So I've given you, I even gave you a chance to redeem yourself there, Simon. <laughs> so, uh, so how many out of 10 did uh, Simon I do? I think five and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half. Uh, okay. Yep. Well, thank you for playing. Thank you for playing. Well, thank uh, you for playing. Uh, you made a motor. Yeah. Yeah. Super well, average. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you, man. It was no worries. Super nice. Yeah. Well, so we've come to an end. So thank you very much, Simon. Thanks for playing the quiz and thanks for have being on here for the yeah. interview. And we and hope for better times. Hope for, for better times for the whole, for everybody, for yeah. everyone. Yeah. For the whole scene and just everybody just stay uh, stay healthy and exactly stay healthy, wash stay positive, hands. wash your hands. Yeah.
hope me and Sander can join you in the Vildemann sometime soon for a beer. Might not be anytime soon, but are you fully booked or eh? not yet? Not yet fully booked or? I also got the email. I thought of responding. Uh, Monday, Monday is going uh, quite quick. Oh yeah, the first, yeah, because oh. everybody, yoohoo, and yeah. then there was she got. Shit, and I'm then, out of town. Yeah. All right, cheers. Well, thank you yeah. very much. Cheers, and thank you to you, Sander, for joining us again. It's been really good. Yep. And all right, stay safe, Friends. everyone. Thank you very much. Yep. Ciao. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Radio Oedipus. If you like what you hear, please follow, subscribe, and like us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. We would really appreciate it. You can also get in touch with me, radio at oedipus.com. Also, if you head on to our website, oedipus.com forward slash radio, you'll find all the podcasts there, as well as some great guest mixes. So please check that out. And if not, I'll catch you next time. Ciao.